0: Our text for this afternoon will be the Word of God, as we have it summarized, and as we as a church confess it in the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 14. And So we'll now read together Lord's Day 14, and there the first question is asked, what do you confess when you say? He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. The eternal Son of God, who is and remains true and eternal God, took upon himself true human nature from the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary, through the working of the Holy Spirit. Thus he is also the true seed of David, and like his brothers in every respect, yet without sin. What benefit do you receive from the holy conception and birth of Christ. He is our mediator, and with his innocence and perfect holiness covers, in the sight of God, my sin in which I was conceived and born. Congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Have you ever wished that someone could take a walk in your shoes for a while? Have you ever wished that someone could experience what you are experiencing in your life? Boys and girls, maybe you've gotten into a fight with your siblings over whose turn it is to play with that toy, or maybe you have a disagreement over whose turn it is to do the dishes, and then your mom comes in and she tries to settle the situation, And, of course, she decides that you are actually in the wrong. Well, don't you just wish that she could step into your shoes for a moment and see your side of the story? Don't you wish that she could see, you know, your sister? She's been playing with that toy for hours. Or you've done the dishes the last three days in a row. If she had known this, if she could take a walk in your own shoes, then things might have turned out differently for you. Or perhaps there's some among us who are very sad in the depths of your heart this afternoon. And people around you, they see that your face is downcast. And they ask you what the problem is. They want to understand why you are feeling such pain. They want to understand and offer help. And don't you sometimes wish that these people could actually step into your shoes, take a walk in your own life for a while? If only they knew the grief you were experiencing, or if only they knew the the burden of sin which you are struggling under. If they could walk in your shoes for a little while, then maybe they would understand where this grief is coming from. And it is true that to a certain extent, often we can relate to another person, we can relate to their struggles. But I think as many of us know, it's always a mistake to actually tell that person that you know what they're going through. Perhaps you have experienced something similar, but at the end of the day, their situation is unique. You simply can't fully understand what they have gone through. But when we turn our attention this afternoon to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, things are much different. In his incarnation, he became one of us. He not only stepped into our shoes, he stepped into our very flesh. Jesus Christ, he bore our human nature And he became so close to us that he even calls us his brothers and sisters. He calls himself our brother, one who can perfectly understand us and one who can indeed relate to us in a way which no other human being can. And yet we're also going to see that Jesus actually took this one step further. Not only does he perfectly understand this difficult situation that we're in, he also takes the situation and is going to make it right again. He covers over that sin in which we are conceived and born, a sin which can lead to these fights, can lead to these disagreements, and can lead to stress and grief in our lives. And it's through his incarnation, his coming to earth as a brother, that he shows how much he loves us and how he is that perfect mediator for us. And so I bring to you the Word of God this afternoon under the following theme Born as our brother, the Son of God became our perfect mediator. And we'll see two points the love in becoming our brother, and secondly, the benefits which our brother brings. Jesus Christ, he is the eternal Son of God. He was with the Father in glory from all eternity even before the world itself was created. And even when the world was created, we learn that all things were both created through him and for him. Jesus Christ, he is the Lord over all creation. And yet we learn that in his incarnation, he humbled himself from this glorious position, and he became a finite son of Mary. The creator of all things, he became a creature. But not just any creature, he became this tiny baby boy, dependent on his mother for everything. And if you've ever seen a baby, I think most of us have, you'll understand this. Babies, they can't walk on their own, they can't talk on their own, they can't eat on their own, and the only form of communication they have is to wave their arms or perhaps kick their legs and cry. And it's in this very state which we find Jesus Christ, in his incarnation. Even though everything was dependent on Jesus Christ, even though all things hold together in him, and through him the entire universe is even upheld by the word of his power, yet Jesus made himself utterly dependent by being born of the Virgin Mary. Now Jesus, of course, did not cease to be God in this incarnation, but he did greatly humble himself from that position with God by making himself like one of us. As that familiar passage from Philippians 2 tells us, even though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being found, or pardon me, being born in the likeness of men. Jesus Christ, with God, in glory from all eternity, he emptied himself. He took on our likeness, a likeness which consists of true human nature. Jesus Christ, he truly bore our human flesh and blood. He possessed a human body, just like you possess a human body, and just like I possess a human body. When Jesus was walking on this earth, he did not merely appear to be a human He wasn't just some avatar or some apparition walking around on this earth. And the Virgin Mary, she was not just some channel which Jesus passed through on his way to earth. No, Jesus took true human flesh and blood from the Virgin Mary. Scripture tells us this very plainly. We can think of that first chapter of John, for example. John 1, verse 14, And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us. Also in the passage we read from this afternoon, Hebrews 2, verse 14 says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, that's us, the children, he himself, Jesus Christ, likewise partook of the same things. And in doing so, in taking on our flesh and blood, Jesus Christ, he became our brother. He came to this earth. He was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary through the working of the Holy Spirit. He was born with flesh and blood, the same flesh and blood that we have, even the flesh and blood which He had created Adam and Eve with in the very beginning. And by taking this on, He became our brother in every respect, yet without sin. Now, calling Jesus our brother, this may seem a little unnatural or perhaps a little uncomfortable for some of us. After all, we might ask, isn't Jesus Christ God? Isn't he the eternal creator of heaven and earth? How can we refer to him as our brother? And yet, brothers and sisters, this really is the the glorious message of the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, and something which God himself will confirm to us over and over in Scripture. If we look at the passage we read from this afternoon from Hebrews 2, We see in verse 12 that it says Jesus will tell of the name of God to his brothers. And again in verse 17, we read that Jesus said he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. And in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, Jesus even says that whoever would do the will of God would be his brother and his sister. And so even though Jesus Christ, in the form of God, he came to earth, he took on our flesh and blood, and he became one of us even to the point that he was willing to call us his brothers and his sisters. And congregation, this really is one of the great mysteries of the Christian faith. The infinite God coming down, uniting himself with finite man in the person of Jesus Christ, Boys and girls, do you have any idea how this is possible, how the heavenly God can come down and can make himself into a man, be born as a little baby boy? Well, boys and girls and brothers and sisters, we aren't able to fully understand this. And we don't need to either. We need to confess the truth which God has revealed to us in his word The truth of this glorious incarnation which demonstrates this great love which Jesus Christ has for us, a love which Jesus Christ has for his brothers and his sisters. This love in which he is not ashamed to call us his own brothers and sisters, as he says in Hebrews 2 verse 11. He came to earth, he took on our flesh and blood because he loved us as his own siblings. He took on our flesh and blood so that he could lay down his life for us. And we know that Jesus Christ, he was not coerced into doing this. He was not forced by anyone to come to this earth. We read in in Matthew 10, verse 18, Jesus Christ says, "'No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord.'" And so Jesus Christ, he willingly came down to earth as a little baby so that he could cover our sins in the sight of his heavenly Father. And this really was a great act of love by our Lord and Savior, a love for his creatures, a love for the people which God had given to him, and a love in which he now, as our brother, can bring us glorious benefits of his incarnation that brings us to our second point, the benefits which our brother brings. Having become our loving brother, while at the same time remaining true and eternal God, Jesus Christ has become the perfect mediator between God and man. And boys and girls, when I say that Jesus is a mediator What do I mean? What exactly is a mediator? Well, we can think back again to the the fight you had over that toy or the argument you had over doing the dishes. When your mom came into that situation to resolve the conflict, when she tries to understand your side and your sibling's side of the argument and tries to restore peace, well, then she is acting as a sort of mediator. Or suppose that two members in church here have a, have a disagreement about each o- or a disagreement with each other over how things are, should be run in the church. They can't come to an agreement on their own. Perhaps there's some unforgiven sin or possibly some hurt feelings. And so they might go to somebody else in their congregation. perhaps they ask an elder to help them sort out the situation, to act as a mediator between them, and to solve their disagreement. And it's important to notice that in both of these situations which we've painted, there are actually three people involved. There's the two people that have the argument or the conflict, and then there's the third person who comes in as the mediator to try and resolve the disagreement. But when we consider our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and when we consider His work as our perfect mediator, He's not some sort of third wheel who comes into the conflict between two people to solve a problem. In fact, when we think of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, no longer are there two parties involved. In fact, there's only one person, Jesus Christ. And we ask ourselves, you know, how is this possible? How can he do the work of what would take on earth three different people? Well, it's because of the fact, brothers and sisters of the incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Through his incarnation, he is God, but at the same time, he is also man. And so in the person of Jesus Christ, we have God. Jesus Christ, he's fully committed to upholding the perfect justice and the perfect righteousness of God. Jesus Christ, just like his heavenly Father, by no means is going to leave the guilty unpunished. And as we know so well, brothers and sisters, we indeed are guilty in the sight of God. We have a sinful human nature. We commit many sins against the majesty of the Most High God. And therefore, Jesus Christ, as God, he will make sure that proper punishment is dealt out against these sins, against our sinfulness. And we know that ultimately this is a punishment which will result in death itself. And so here we have Jesus Christ as God, upholding the perfect justice of God on the one hand, and yet at the same time, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is also man. He's also our loving brother. And as our mediator, he hasn't simply walked in our shoes for a while to understand our problems. He's taken on our very flesh. He's become one of us. He's become our brother. He's able to sympathize with our weakness, and he's been tempted just like we are in every respect. And so when we think about our Lord Jesus Christ, what better person could there possibly be to serve as a mediator for us? Jesus Christ is not simply some liaison between God and between man who tries to sort out the conflict which we have, a conflict in which we certainly would be condemned. Jesus Christ, He's God and man. He's fully on the side of God, and yet at the same time, He's our perfect representative before God. He's in this perfect position to bring us, the fallen human beings, back to our most holy God. But how is He going to do this, brothers and sisters? How is Jesus Christ? As our perfect mediator going to resolve the case that that we have? How can he appease the wrath of God against our sins while also ensuring that we are rescued from the just punishment of God, which will result in our death? Well, he does so, brothers and sisters, through his own innocence. He does so through his own perfect holiness. His innocence and His holiness covers over, in the sight of God, our sin in which we all are conceived and born. Yes, it's true. Jesus Christ, He was born as a man. He took on true human nature from the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary. And He is like His brothers in every respect, except He is without sin. When Jesus Christ was conceived in the womb of Mary, this was done through the powerful working of the Holy Spirit. We read in Luke 1 that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. The power of the Most High overshadowed her, and therefore the Son which she bore was holy, the very Son of God. While we are all conceived and born in sin, and by our very nature we're totally corrupt, we're unable to do any good, Jesus Christ, when he was born, he was born in innocence. He was born in perfect holiness. And as a result, he is able to be the mediator which we need, a mediator who covers in the sight of God our sins. And he covers these sins by taking upon himself the punishment which we all deserved. Jesus Christ, he took on our flesh so that, as we read in Hebrews 2, verse 9, so that, by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. And again in Hebrews 2, verse 14, Jesus Christ, he took on our flesh so that, through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who, through fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery. So Jesus Christ, being God, he was born innocent. And yet at the same time, since he is also man, he is able to take upon himself the punishment. He's able to take upon himself the death which our sinful state deserved. If we look once more to Hebrews 2 verse 17, we read there that Jesus was made like his brothers in every respect. So that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people, to make atonement for the sins of the people, to, to cover over our sins in the sight of God. As both God and as both, pardon me, as both God and man, he is able to be the merciful, the faithful high priest while at the same time being that perfect sacrifice which we need to cover over our sins. Since Jesus is both God and man, he can be the good shepherd who who guides his sheep, while at the same time being that sacrificial lamb who laid down his life for the sheep. And it's because of this great work of our Lord Jesus Christ that where there once was separation from God and where There once was fear of God because of our sins and weaknesses. Jesus Christ now gives us the confidence to again draw near to our Heavenly Father, to draw near to his throne of grace. And this is seen so clearly when we compare Jesus Christ, our mediator, the mediator of the new and the better covenant with Moses, who was the mediator of the old covenant. Now, every Sunday morning, as we know, we read from the Ten Commandments, we read from the law of God. And now, boys and girls, do you know what was so, so unique or so special about these Ten Commandments, which we read every morning? What was so unique about them was that God spoke these Ten Commandments with his own voice to the Israelites at the foot of Mount Sinai. God descended on Mount Sinai in the great dark cloud with thunders and lightnings, and then he himself spoke to the Israelites these ten commandments. And remember how the Israelites responded to this interaction with God. You can read about it immediately after the law, either Exodus 20 or Deuteronomy 5. If you look at Exodus 20, verse 18, we read that when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. The people were afraid and trembled. They stood far off. They said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. And so here we see the people of Israel. They were afraid of the presence of God. They recognized His holiness, His power. They recognized their sinfulness and their inadequacy, and they ended up fearing for their very lives. And so they tell Moses to be their mediator, a man who would actually put some distance between themselves and God so that they thought they would not die. And yet we know that Moses, he was just another man, just like any other Israelite. We know that God spoke with Moses as with a friend But nothing that Moses could do was going to bring the people back into the fellowship with God, with their Heavenly Father. And yet we know that what Moses, as the mediator, could never do, Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ, he became man. He took on human flesh so that he could die in our place and so that we could again enter the presence of God without fear and so that we can again with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace to receive mercy, to receive help from him in time of need. Mercy from God the Father on account of the sacrifice of his Son, Jesus Christ. And we can receive help from Jesus Christ himself, since he is our perfect mediator, someone who sympathizes with our weaknesses, someone who was tempted in every respect like us and yet remains without sin. Jesus, he was able to do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's this same Holy Spirit which Jesus now sends to us, his brothers and his sisters. The Spirit who intercedes for us before the Father with groans even too deep for words when we ourselves do not know what to pray. And so while Moses was the mediator of the the old covenant, which brought separation from God and ultimately death. Jesus Christ is the mediator of the new, the better covenant, which brings life, which brings fellowship with God. Jesus Christ, he mediates this new covenant where we shall all know God, a covenant in which God himself writes his law on our hearts, and a covenant in which God, because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, remembers our sins no more. And this really is the gospel. This is the glory of the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God who was Lord of both heaven and earth. He came down to earth, but not simply to walk around in our shoes for a little while, but to take upon himself our very flesh and blood. He was born as our brother, And thus he became our perfect mediator. A mediator who has tasted death for us. A mediator whose innocence and perfect holiness in the sight of God makes us innocent, makes us holy in the sight of God. A mediator who once again gives us the confidence to enter into the presence of God both now and also for all eternity. Amen.